Hello, welcome to the eStories podcast. It's a crisp uh, Wednesday morning here in New York. Um, you survived the bomb cyclone, Brian? That was nothing. Come on. Yeah. It got cold. It, that was like tobogganing weather. Yeah, you, you put your, the ear flaps down on your, your tuk. Or that was a nice joke. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> uh, we're back. Uh, brief hiatus. Um holidays and all that how was how was yours pretty good now family of four congratulations i should have started with that thank I guess. you congratulations brian it now is the father of two beautiful boys yeah um mm-hmm. what's his name uh nolan wells fairvog nolan wells fairvog that is the the name of a noble <laughs> statesman canadian noble canadian statesman if ever i've heard one i don't i don't think he could be uh Born in the U.S. Born in the U.S. I guess True. he's Canadian citizen still. Yeah. Could he be what, prime minister? I don't know what rules you guys have. I don't know. I don't know. With I, I don't know when it comes to dual citizenship, what what that would mean. Yeah, I'm 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 constantly confused by the dual citizenship thing. I should probably know more. Considering you are considering I am a dual citizen. Yeah. But every time I I leave the country, I'm kind of because the U.S. says. I believe, and I'm, I'm maybe, if not probably wrong, that you, if you have a U.S. passport, you have to use your U.S. passport. Yes. It trumps all. Trumps all. Um, but it's so actually Canada po- who allows you to be a dual citizen. Is it? So, like, if you, like, when if I were to become a citizen, one of the things that they suggest doing is to. I probably should not be recording this publicly. No, it's all good. But they uh, they suggest renewing your Canadian passport just before you finish your paperwork to become an American citizen, because if you become an American citizen and then apply for your Canadian to renew your Canadian passport, there's some sort of information sharing that may red flag you. Mm. Well, um, <laughs> immigration laws aside, um, Christmas, New Year. Passed without a hitch. Yeah. Uh, everyone's healthy, happy. Everyone's healthy, happy. Had a big first uh, Christmas in our home this year with uh, my wife's parents, which was really nice. 2017 is a big year for you guys. Big year. New home, new child, new beginnings. Yeah. Um, mine was a lot less uh, eventful. Christmas was pretty quiet. Um, spent with my sister and some friends, my wife, of course. Um, New Year, we had a, we had an excellent, excellent New. Year. I'm I hate New Year normally. It's in Scotland. It's we we have a we call it Hogmanay. It's a big deal. Everyone makes you know a, a big hoo ha out of Hogmanay. Um, I really don't know why. So Hogmanay is just the name for New it's Year. It's the name there? for New. It's the name for New Year. That's it's um. There's a lot of traditions. Again, I'm sh- showing my ignorance of my own. Um, culture, but uh, it's there's a lot of traditions around it. You, uh, you know, old Lang Syne came from that was a, that's a Scottish thing. Um, everyone flocks upon Edinburgh. There's fireworks. That's a big big deal. It's one of the biggest um, New Year's Eve celebrations in the world, actually. Um, and the day after, you're supposed to go what they call first footing, which is kind of a, a this this part of it I really like. <laughs> it's where you um, you want to be the first people into the house of a of a neighbor or whoever. So you you go around, you take a bottle of whiskey, and you first foot them, meaning you're the first to place your feet within their house, and you just you share a drink, and then you go to the next house. It used to be a tradition that was actually very much upheld. I don't know if it is so much now. Um, but yeah, that was something that I enjoyed. But the the just the hype around New Year, you get you get um, you get tired with it back home. However, Noel, my wife, loves it. <laughs> <laughs> so every year I get dragged to a party. But this year it was great. It was a really really good party in um, Brooklyn. Some uh, awesome bands, really eclectic music, and some great decorations. Um, yeah, it was very festive, and I actually enjoyed myself for once. Um, anyway, New Year's is always a catch twenty-two. Well, that's it. It's uh, everyone. It's too busy, too yeah. expensive. And there's such a high expectation. Yeah, you know, like it's been over fictionalized. I feel. Yeah, it's 
yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Every year I crave to just stay in. I, I want to be one of these. I was in bed at 10. I, I want to be one of these people. Oh, I, I didn't even sleep. We call it the bells. I didn't even sleep. You know, I slept through the bells. Um, uh, 12 o'clock. Um, anyway, my, uh, my rapid, um, transformation into an old man aside. Yeah. <laughs> um, we did some listening, um, over the, the festive period. Um, cast your mind back to when was our last, maybe three weeks was ago? Episode six. Episode six. It was just before Christmas. We're rounding out about a month, I think. Yeah. Anyway, we, we decided to gift each other books. Yeah. If my um, memory is correct. Um, you gave me Behind Her Eyes by Sarah Pinbro. Now, what, what, what made you choose this? I, uh, when, I, when I read books, ever since I learned the term foreshadowing, I tend to read books with sort of an, an ear to like, oh, could this relate to something in the future? Mm-hmm. And with that said very few plot devices or plot turns take me by surprise. Normally I've either had a bit of a gut feeling about it or like an out and out called it. And, uh, the last chapter of this book, not to spoil anything, which I think we're just going to leave it alone. I didn't see coming Mm -hmm. and it sort of reshapes your enjoyment of the entire book. Um, quite drastically I felt. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it was the sort of, the shock not the shock factor but the uh the the twist in perception yeah that 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 caused you to to hold on to this book um yeah i I get that the now i read this book right physically read it Mm -hmm. i wondered i've sort of been apprehensive waiting for your assessment how it listened like how how it was narratively um, cause I think that part of my enjoyment came out of the fact that I was reading. Yeah. It's funny how, I mean, we've talked about it before, but how much the narrate, n- the narration or the, the, the performance does impact your enjoyment of a book. I mean, that's often the biggest complaint or the biggest, uh, factor in someone's enjoyment of, of a book is the narration. Um, I think in this case it was, I thought it was really good. Uh, held, it seemed to, um, align closely with the writing style the pace was good you know I, I can't really sort of sum up exactly what it was i just it didn't it didn't stand out as uh being anything that would that detracted from my enjoyment i didn't i didn't have any more i normally have a moment where i'm kind of like oh that's a bit the way that they said that was kind of weird or i wouldn't have read it like that or um you know you start to question the accents that they use or or um i think maybe when you're reading a book you have maybe it's just me i don't know you have like the your inner dialogue you kind of assign voices to people mm-hmm. and sort mm-hmm. of create a, an image of of each character and if the voice doesn't quite align with what you have in mind or what you would have had in mind had you read it then it sometimes throws you off i think in this case it was it was very very well done i f- i neglected to jot down the, n- the name of the narrator i apologize um oh and also one of the key key characters was scottish and the accent was really good oh really yeah it wasn't it was wasn't nice. it was very subtle it was a very you know they'd clearly studied i mean who am i to assess you know uh somebody somebody who's clearly trained as a as a voice actor but yeah, they they'd clearly studied studied the subtleties of of the accent. It was kind of just moments of slight inflection. Uh, you know, me being Scottish, that that does make a difference. You know, I was I was a lot more invested in in it because this character was very David. The David character is one of the main characters. Comes back time and time again. Has a lot of dialogue. Um, you know, if I wasn't on board <laughs> or had you know moments of of ooh, that sounds a bit off then I don't think I would have enjoyed the, the book as much. So very, very well done. Well, interestingly, it was actually narrated by the author and a cast of about five other actors. Oh, no way. Uh, so I wonder if the Scottish voice was a true Scottish accent. It, it wasn't. It wasn't? It, yeah, okay. it definitely wasn't. I, don't ask me how I know. But good attempt. Exactly. 
because I think because because it, it's a, a female voice that does the male the male character. Oh, the male dialogue. Yeah. So and and it cl- it's clear that it's the same the same voice actor that does other characters. I'm pretty sure it was the same narrator the whole way through. I'd be very surprised if that's the case. That there's more than one. No, there's five. That's impossible. Five narrators. It's right there on the cover art too. Yeah, it's read by the author, uh, Anna Benedict, Josie Dunn, Hugh Parameter, uh, and Bay Holland. There's n- there's no male voices in it. I can guarantee that. Okay. Hmm. I'm gonna look into that. Don't doubt that. That's that, that's interesting. I say I'm gonna look into it. Is it? It doesn't matter that much. I don't know. I I, I kind of <laughs> want to look into know. it now. Yeah, you know, I've, I've recommended this book to you. I've recommended it to yeah. my mother-in-law. I haven't read it to my. I haven't listened to it myself. But this sort of has me intrigued. There's four female voices, and you weren't able to tell the difference between them. To me, it was one one narrator doing slightly different voices. Interesting. De- there was definitely no male voice in there. I can guarantee it. Um. Anyway, the book. I I actually think this would be a good book for non-book lovers mm-hmm. you know people you know people who don't read as or aren't into books as much i'm using it as my like great first listens recommendation. yeah yeah potentially your first you know? audiobook yeah yeah because it's so um it's very dramatic um suspenseful it's a page turner but it's not um I don't know. It's it's and for the most part, the circumstance is realistic. Like it's not yeah yeah out of this world, you know. So t- to give it some some context, it's a, a sort of love triangle type scenario. Um, young woman works uh, in a psychologist or psychiatrist office. Um, meets a guy, kind of falls in love. Um, turns out that's his boss. She separately meets his wife, befriends the wife, not knowing that it's his, this man's wife. They become friends. There's a sort of, uh, sordid relationship, uh, brewing. There's an element of, um, a very strong element of what I can only describe as some freaky shit. <laughs> <laughs> For want of a better term, yeah, it's sort um, of unusual. Dreamy, this sort of uh, med. They go into these meditative states, and um, yeah, there's a, it's a psychological thriller, thriller with yeah. a, I want to say, paranormal, paranormal tendencies. Bent. Yeah, yeah, um, but it's not like it takes place in the moon. No, exactly. You know? But what I did think that that the the paranormal aspect to it did help is that the 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 relationships between the characters were so like far fetched by which i mean you know she gets obsessed with this guy mm-hmm. right away mm-hmm. everyone gets obsessed with this couple this perfect couple the adele uh, adele and david characters um everything's kind of like a little bit turned up to 11 in terms of um how you would respond like she, there's a there's a moment where she, um, ins- you know, is that a fire, and instead of calling the fire department, she rushes in. Like there's like moments of just, eh, you wouldn't do that in the real world. Exactly. But that was helped by the, the paranormal stuff. Yeah. Kind of, it, you know, it's kind of matched. It's balanced out. It's okay. Well, this isn't, this isn't the the real 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 world. Or this person's not all there. True. You know, that true. sort of helped to yeah. sort of explain some of the running upstairs rather than running outside yeah you know true um overall i thought it was yeah it's a it's a a fun read the ending i still don't know how i feel about it it was uh one of these endings that you know and i again i as always i missed out on the the hype around it i should and will follow um book journalism a little bit more closely to because I did f- feel kind of, you know, left out of, of the hype around this book because, from what I understand, all the marketing around it was centered around... It was a very modern take on book marketing. You know, they had a hashtag, what was it, WTF, that ending. Mm-hmm. You know, and everyone was... it was The, the whole thing was, 
don't spoil the ending, which we're not going to do. No. Um, even though we kind of hope that you you listened along to it, um, I'm sure there's new listeners out there that are that haven't. Um, so we won't we won't spoil it. And, and even if everyone that was listening had read the book, I would still feel weird about spoiling the ending. It's just one of those. It's a, it's a usual suspect. Yeah. It's a sixth sense. I think even talking about the fact that there is an ending is giving away enough. True. That, like you true. just you leave it at that and you move on. True. But I totally um, agree that missing out on the marketing. Like I read this as part of the book of the month club. Uh, it was my choice for that month, and I really really enjoyed it. But it, with that said, it was delivered to me. I didn't seek out this book. I didn't hear about it through a friend or through you know other networks. So I, I sort of missed out on that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe the I'm positive the rights have been sold to Hollywood. At oh this point. no doubt. I was going to ask you. This about has that. film written all over it. Absolutely. Um, Who could you picture um, in the in the roles? It's weird. So often for a for a book like this, uh, I was gonna like my my initial thought it goes back to Gone Girl. And how the original casting was Reese Witherspoon mm-hmm. in the uh, female lead. And I thought that would be like really, that that would be a really good casting. Because that would almost be out of character for her to sort of as have the, that psychotic break. As the Louise or Adele Louise? No, I'm just saying that normally, oh, I say you're talking, normally with you're the talking. female protagonist in a book like this, it is, uh, I, I would tend to go to uh, like a Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Um, recently I started watching the crown and the actress, the lead actress in the crown, I believe her name is Claire Foy. Mm-hmm. I would cast her as That's a uh, good shout. Yeah. And uh-huh. almost, almost the exact pairing of Elizabeth and Margaret from the crown. I would cast as the Adele and is it Claire? Louise Adele. Louise, Louise and, and Adele, Adele in this yeah. film. I forget the, the, there's four characters really. The, yes. Husband, David, Adele, the perfect wife, yeah. seemingly perfect. Louise, the secretary. Um, the point of David, view character. And then, yeah, the point, yeah. And the friend who's, is it Rob or? I think Rob, yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah, but the let's friend, go with Rob. Louise's friend from, that, from earlier in rehab, yeah. we'll call it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, one uh, actress that sprung to mind, I totally forget her name, Marvelous Miss Ma- Mrs. Maisel. Yes. She'd be great as she would be. Louise. Um, yeah, I can't think. I would have to think about it a little bit more. But who would uh, who would be good for the other roles? But yeah, it's it's, it's film. It has it written yeah, all over it. all over it. Um, when did it come out? Um, I'm going to say mid last year. Okay, so... Maybe August. So it's probably in the works, Yeah, I would assume. Yeah, I would... I d- wouldn't expect it till 2019, but is it is it? It's not quite an M Night Sh- Shyamalan. He he does his own stories, but it has that bent to it, doesn't it? A little it? bit, a little bit. It's a little bit mm, less less freaky, I guess. Yeah, I wanted to bring something up about this book, and it's something that I've noticed in sort of fiction, like the trend in fiction is not only is it like the girl in the title, or like you know. The woman in Cabin 10, the girl with the dragon tattoo mm-hmm. behind her girl eyes. Girl Train. I've got a couple new releases here. Girl in the Train. Um, so many. Girl with the back tattoo or something? Girl oh, with the shit. lower back tattoo. Lower back. <laughs> Slightly different from where I'm going with this. But it's sort of interesting that there's this disparity between sort of filmmaking and publishing in that there's often this, this struggle for strong female lead led films yet you pick up a non-fiction thriller true any non-fiction thriller and it's a female lead yeah i I can't actually think of a male fiction thriller that i've read in the last year hmm yeah i mean it's all female yeah the 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 material is there yeah up to so it's it's, but it's interesting that the adaptations sort of are not more even in yeah, and the, the success. I mean, the success of these, the girl in train, gone girl. Oh yeah, you're not. Why is it always girl in the title though? That's eh, you know. Is that that's bit, interesting too. Yeah, that's a bit me. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, good book. Thank you very much for the gift. 
uh, I, as I say, I think this is a good book for non-book lovers or people who want to, you know, jump into audiobooks as their first listen or anyone who has, who's been out of reading for a little while and just kind of struggles to, to... This is me sometimes, actually. Struggles to, to make time to read. Yeah. You know, you need something to, to grasp you. Like, after Christmas, I started reading The Hunger Games. Just to read, physically reading it. Just because I, it was sitting on the shelf. Have you read it before? No. No, I oh, cool. no, I've purposefully have no idea what it's about. Okay. You know, missed out on the films. Don't, you know, I have a vague... Yeah. I mean, we're going off on a tangent here, but I have a vague uh, knowledge of what the concept is, sort of a battle royale type scenario, but I just wanted a book to just you know kick off my reading habits again yeah. in the new year and you know i read it i'm almost finished but it's you know we're talking like two three days i just sort of soldiered through it um it's one of those books it's one of those that you you know just a few more pages yeah yeah and uh, suddenly you've read the the whole chapter um so yeah thanks i'm reading one right now that i will not mention on this podcast because it's it's an exclusive somewhere else in audiobook form. Oh. But it is uh it is oh just a few more pages. Okay. Oh, it's not too late. I can finish this chapter. All right, enough said. Um <laughs> so I guess what else have you listened to anything else? Listen no. No, I I did a lot of physical say a lot, not that much. Um physical reading. <laughs> it seems weird to say. Uh reading I I'm I've mentioned before I I have this fascination since taking a trip in the summer i have this fascinate fascination with um native american culture so i'm i have a few books that i'm in my queue they're a little more dense so i sort of dip in and out um but in between that i'm i'm getting through the hunger games D- yeah it's one of those that i just i just want to it's sitting on the shelf um i want to want to get through them i quite enjoy it actually this young adult fiction is is thriving right now yeah i was actually going to say whether we take it offline or or not i would love to sort of discuss hunger games with you (laughs) uh after and then i would challenge if you haven't seen it yet to see uh battle royale oh that's that's one of the all-time classic okay movies yeah that's used to be my go-to sort of somebody who hasn't who doesn't watch foreign movies that was my go-to watch this it's a great entry that amelie um yeah. life is beautiful mm-hmm. you've seen that one mm-hmm. uh with pan's uh, labyrinth i'm a huge fan of pan's i never watched it's, yeah. it's a different sort of point of entry but it's pretty it's pretty special to me la, la Hen, um all-time classic french one 1995 vincent cassell matthew kasovitz who was in amelie mm. he was a director he also did uh kasovitz did um, I want to say Catwoman. Oh God! But I might be wrong on that. All right. No, it was another Halle Berry flop. Okay. Aeon Flux. No, it was Shirley Theron. One of those that all-time classic sci-fi flops. I'll I'll look it up. Um, well, if you're just joining us, this yeah, is so episode the, seven of the E Stories yeah. Film Podcast. Absolute tangents here. Um, post post holiday uh, brain fog. Okay, so let's move on to uh, your book. I think it's a little bit that we've just had so much to catch up on. True. You know, we've been out of the office, busy, life gets in the way. Um, you gifted me uh, a very interesting book called Survivors by Terry Nation. Um, it's interesting because sort of the pretext that you gave it with sort of it was a foundational book in your understanding of the post-apocalyptic world. The what? Or, or, or of the post-apocalyptic <laughs> worlds. Right, right. So it, it sort of gave it credibility to you. And I, uh, I chewed through this book. Like I, I had some, air, I had some uh, tasks to, to, to get done out, out uh, around the house before the holidays a lot of it was you know christmas lights or whatever i had a list to to accomplish and uh the seven hours and 27 minutes flew by um i I think i was listening at one and a half times i slowed it down because of the accent Mm -hmm. um a little bit for me which is 
challenging. I, I'm not as used, quite as used to strong accents as you are. What what kind of accent is it? Um, I, th- I think it's just straight up an English accent. But for Posh me, or, uh, or I can't even tell you. Okay. Uh, quite a pleasant accent, mm-hmm. like a very pleasant narration. Uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, Carolyn Seymour had a wonderful voice. I would listen to more by her for sure. Um, but the way the way that you'd sort of pretexted it with uh, anticipation and that it was a you know a post apocalyptic world, I went in with certain assumptions. Um, and this is definitely still a gentleman's world. Yeah, and I really, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed the the character work because I felt connected to the characters almost immediately. Although there was a little bit of confusion at the beginning with sort of jumping from story to story. Because there are two, if I believe there's two female stories at the very beginning of the book. Mm-hmm. And forgive me for not knowing names. It was a while ago when I listened to yeah, this. Yeah, that's the problem with this this podcast. This, it seems like a long time ago. It was only three weeks. Yeah. yeah I, had to, I had to rack my brains. Um, but I, overall, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, sort of an epidemic is one of my biggest fears in life. Like, <laughs> how do you, like, you can't deal with it. Like, are you, are you a prepper? You know, I'm not a, I'm not a prepper. Um, there's, there's been a standing plan when I lived in Brooklyn. I had a friend who lived right by, uh, right in Dumbo. Mm-hmm. Um, and he jokingly uh, bought an inflatable boat one year I've after heard, he had kids i've heard multiple stories of people doing that and and he's he's it's, it's been a standing invitation he's like if any if any if anything goes down ever since we had hudson living in brooklyn if anything goes down you get the three of you to our house and we'll get out on the boat together right and i sort of laugh about that um now that i own a house of my own it's on my list. I, I want to have like a bag. You have prepper tendencies. You prepper have a- tendencies. Not nothing crazy, but like I think I would like to have at least a bag in my house. A bug out had bag to go, rather yeah. than a bug out shelter, I guess. Yeah, I think a, a, just a bag where, you, you know, Sarah or I could pick up and just go with right. the boys if needed. Um, although probably you know, hiding in our basement would be better. To me, though, it sounds like it seems like something that you sort of joke about but you know why not prep oh i bought flashlights but you're 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 serious like like, home depot had a great black friday sale this year i've bought flash like i've actively buying supplies are you are you thinking uh you know i mean on the one end on the one side there's you know blizzard Mm -hmm. uh historic blizzard uh transport is cut off you know you can't get to costco you can't do this you can't do that Mm -hmm. on the other end there's uh you know nuclear global catastrophe um where are you on the scale like what what's the what's the level of prep are you are you someone who does i say it's it seems so outlandish to to even approach these things yeah but um current politics is sort of pushing us into that yeah into that, That's the, I feel like this is a whole other podcast, which would be interesting. But um, sort of natural disaster, I feel that you, as soon as you buy a home, you suddenly have room for canned food. <laughs> so we do like there is a little bit of a pantry. Um, with with that said, my mother, you could survive for like a year off what she has in her basement, mm-hmm. and that's always been sort of a stigma uh, for for myself and, and my wife. Um, hi mom if you're listening um there's just too much food mm-hmm. like it almost feels like you're not going to eat all this before it goes bad um but there was a little bit of that instilled in 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 me mm-hmm. that way um sarah wants to get into canning this year it's big on her <laughs> list um so that'll help with you know the natural disasters uh when it comes to sort of political climate nuclear that sort of thing there always has been this little piece of me ever since moving to New York because I moved post 9-11, um, riding the subway here. Like, if there's ever a target, it's the subway. Um, there's a little bit of a tendency in me to, like, try and be a little a little prepared for that. There's a little bit of cash put away. There's a yeah, couple th- flashlights. There's, you know, I think the, the a great camping. The point about living in New York is, I, do, I think, and I'm sure, you know, major, everyone's the same in these major cities, that 
there is an element of of uh, catastrophizing, um, you know, event, uh, possibilities. You know, you, you you do think sometimes you you know there was what was the la the latest thing? Some madman was he? Did he shoot people down Battery Park? Oh no, he drove up he drove the running path. Horrible, on, horrible uh, thing. But West Side Highway. You know, you kind of shake these things off. You say, oh, you know, it's just another nonsense. We, we, us New Yorkers don't really, you know, it doesn't get to us yeah. type thing. However, I do think there's a there's an element of well, you're living in a big a big target. Mm -hmm. I don't think you were here for it, but have you ever talked to anyone about the last like major blackout? I was there. Yeah, I was here. It was the Sandy one. The no, no, no. Bef that like when I'm talking about like. Um like heat wave induced blackout. No. I think it was like the 2006, 2005. It was like bad. It was like no, I wasn't entire entire evening, if not like day. The one I remember was, like was it, I believe it was Sandy. Sandy. Where everything below 23rd Street. 23rd Street was was dark. And the you know there was I think it was actually 14th Street. I apologize. You think? I think it was higher than that because was it? Yeah, because I remember I couldn't get into my office. But anyway, that was that was that <laughs> it. It doesn't take much to no. just turn into a, I don't know, something completely different. Yeah, the vibe of everything it was just different. When you know you're walking the streets and there's no street lights, there you know um, the, the the refrigeration and the bodegas are off. Yeah. You know, the, it, you know, the noises are different. Yeah. People are acting different. In some cases, it's good. Some cases, it's bad. You know, uh, people come together in times like that. Um, but it's, it's, it's kind of scary. But, yeah, I think there's a... You do have that, that, that mentality um, when you live in New York. However, most of the, the sort of preppers, I guess, are, are out in the sticks. Yeah. Um, and you know nothing against them like they're they're doing what they need to to be comfortable um there is definitely a, a, a desire in me to be just like i said have that bag where you know i know what's in it it's ready if if i have to we'll yeah. pick it up and go do you do you have a noel keeps talking to me about having like a a plan just we've always had something. a plan sarah you, and i you, have you, always had a plan of like where we'll meet if something happens, yeah. if if for some reason we can't get to a certain spot, that's drastically changed now that I would have to leave the city to get to them. True. Um, it used to be meeting down at the Black Cube in Astro Place. Uh, that was our sort of central point where we'd go and meet. I think we were happened. near the... Noel was like, right, good position would be near a bridge. So you could either get... Because in Manhattan, there's only a few ways off, right? For sure. So, um, yeah, it was near somewhere near the Williamsburg Bridge. <laughs> that, that'd be an interesting question to ask people because I reckon most people ha do have like a little semi plan in the back of their head. In the back of their heads, yeah. I think you um, kind of have to. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Uh, okay, so the back to the book. I mean, I feel like all this is giving context to the book because we're talking about sort of our understanding of what it would be like to live through this book, right? Um, the other way that you sort of prepared me for this book um, was in how you said that different adaptations of this embellished or handled different scenarios mm -hmm. drastically different. Right. Um, and I don't know if that was a positive or a negative, but I constantly found myself on edge with this book. But in hindsight, there's not really an edge to be there. Like, it's a book where... There's really no large conflict. No. And I was expecting there to be. Like, at every every time someone was introduced, I was like, oh, this is it. This is the Negan. This is the governor. Like, right. both references to The Walking Dead. It's not like that, is it? <clears throat> no. And I really found myself enjoying this because I think that you can go to sort of the, the fantastic, which would be The Walking Dead post-apocalyptic mm -hmm. world. This had a very like human scale to it. Um, I like the the main character's sort of realization that she would need to educate herself 
someone who's coming from a very posh, afforded life to this realization that, you know, in a few years, if we do not, if we only live on scraps, if we only live on what we can find, yes, we'll, yes, we'll survive our lifetime, but society will not survive. Mm-hmm. And that takes me back to um, the passage by Justin Cronin, which I think I recommended to you. It's also a post-apocalyptic style book and it sort of deals with how that how tech how that sort of gifting or transition of knowledge has transpired has taken place and that that was an aspect of that world that i really enjoyed um so overall survivors by terry nation it's one that i would definitely um be a little guarded with who i suggest it to because i think it's (laughs) it's it's not for everyone it's not a you hold back your records, do you? You, you from, tailor them from, from time mean, to time. That makes sense, yeah. Um, but I liked it. You've got it in the back pocket. Yeah. For, for and the ending of this one, uh, I don't want to say it's something special. It's You sort of saw a moment like that coming mm-hmm. a little bit, especially because it was sort of brought up rather well. Like, it wasn't... It wasn't uh, uh, I forget the the term for it when they they talk about it. It wasn't a convenience that mm-hmm. it was. Oh, it was that. Yeah, it was sort of threaded throughout the story nicely. Yeah, I, I, that's how I felt. It wasn't uh, like you say. Oh, we're tying up ends now. Yeah, bingo. Done. Exactly. It was more. Oh, okay. They went that way. Yeah. Good ending. Yeah. Exactly. Goodbye. Thank you very much. On your way. Um, I do recommend the TV series Zizzes. Um, that was my. That was going to be a follow up question. You said they're hard to find. The the mod the the new one is okay. easy. I think I believe it's on Netflix. I don't know. Last time I checked. Is it called Survivors? It's called Survivors. Um, I'll send it to you. I would I would recommend it. I, it's, I want good to. It's kind of it's low budget. Mm-hmm. But but I don't think something like this needs a no, huge budget. Well, that's the thing. Like you say, it's not a fantastic no world that they've built. It's it's you know. There is there's one Land Rover that they found in a garage, you know. Yeah, the the biggest problem with this would be clearing out countryside. That's the thing, yeah. or like I, I a seaside the, town. I love looking looking for little signs of non, you know, non uh, apocalyptic stuff. Yeah. You know? Oh, they missed that. Um, cool. Let's move on. For sure. Good books. Uh, very enjoyable. Well, we're sort of with what we've been listening to um i believe there's a comment last uh last podcast that i'm not going to get to all that with having a kid and stuff oh yeah um i wanted to follow up and uh report in that i did get to annihilation uh i've seen annihilation vandermeer mentioned everywhere since you discussed since we we uh, mentioned it uh we we brought it up as a film to fiction Mm -hmm. or fiction to film um, I've progressed my way through the first two books and I'm about three quarters of the way, about halfway through, sorry, about halfway through the third book. Um, and I wanted to just bring it up and mention it. Um, it's not post-apocalyptic. It's sort of apocalyptic. It's sort <laughs> of right on the cusp. Um, present apocalyptic. Yeah. But very scientific in its, in its regard. Um, it's interesting and what I like about it is, uh, from an audiobook standpoint versus a novel standpoint, is the three books all are basically telling a continued story. Mm-hmm. The first book has one narrator, the second book has one narrator, and the third book has three narrators. And it's sort of book one and book two are sort of their own parallel stories, and book three is where all the stories get get mixed together. That's, that's um, an interesting premise. I think it would interest you. Um, but from an audiobook standpoint... Uh, As I say, I've seen it mentioned everywhere since you mentioned it's it. It's going to be something that everyone's up. talking about. Yeah. Um, E-stories right now, uh, you can get the books separately. Or there is a collection that brings them all together, I believe, in a abridged version uh, for one credit. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, so... This week's theme, or next week's theme, rather. Yeah. <laughs> um, we went back and forth 
uh, we had a few few ideas, and also we've had a few ideas from 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 people around us um, of what we can tackle next. Um, we threw out things like travel books. I think it would be quite an interesting one to do. I don't know, pick a destination, read two books about it from different points of view. I don't know. Yeah. Something along those lines. Uh, what are some of the other ideas? Or maybe swapping our sort of wish list. Um, eh, that one kind of sounds kind of boring. That one almost sounds like gifting again. That's true. It isn't too bad. What else? You could do like a book that you read or, or a book that you really don't want to read. Like force ourselves to read something that we would never read or yeah. like have a reason why we wouldn't read it. You know what yeah. I mean? Or that, that book that's been on your shelf, like you're, you're almost like your sin bin. You know? Yeah. That's a good one. A, a classic that you haven't, you haven't touched. I have owned a copy of East of Eden <laughs> for as long as I lived in New York City. And it's just have sat I opened there. it? Never. It's like the movie Rain Man. Every, I have it on DVD. Uh, you know, every time I open Netflix or whatever, it's sitting there. Never seen it. I have a confession. For me, that's Amelie. Amelie? Oh, okay. I own it. I've never watched I it. I love that movie. I love that movie. Yeah. Um, oh, you should definitely watch it. It's, yeah. it's, it's a, I know. It's a landmark, I have it's to say. A, it's one it's of my cli- it's, it's a cliche. Now it's like the, like we said before, the, the sort of foreign film uh, emblematic of of uh i like f- subtitles <laughs> but uh it's it's a it's a great one um so we landed on one that we've kind of talked about for a few weeks um which brian i i get the sense that you're sort of i wouldn't say dreading uh. but it's not it's it's not your okay the idea is we'll pick a, a music biography listen read the the, the biography and listen to the music and you know see if that if we if our understanding or enjoyment of of that uh, particular artist or group has changed or um you know we've it's given us some you know worthwhile background yeah i think i've described that terribly <laughs> i apologize but um there's there's a ton of you i know that you're not you when it comes to music you're not uh I don't, nobody doesn't like music. I, mm-hmm. That's not what I mean to say. But it's you're not by no means a music f- fan. Is that safe to uh, say? Or uh, I, I, you know, I, I think comparatively to the people we work with, I would be, you know, lower on that scale. Right. I do love music, um, but my music tastes tend to be very safe. Let's put it that way. I'm not. But say music fan. You're not fanatical about certain you're not fanatical about any groups or or uh, artists I would say or not really um yeah no, i would not really that's that's really interesting to me because the music is just it's one of these things that's just so personal and so passionate for for me anyway and for for a lot of people it's it's uh i mean i'm i'm very excited for you to pick something because I think that you 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 maybe need that background to some to to a, to a theme or a topic, and I think that um, yeah, reading about an artist and then listening to their music is would be a really good thing for someone who isn't as fanatical about things. I I'm very I know what I like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think yeah. I, I think I know what I like, and that's in. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not sure how to answer that. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely agree. Like, I think for film, film for me is maybe what you're saying about uh, about music for you. Yeah. Like, I I think a lot of it comes to the fact that um, for me to concentrate, I music tends to not help me concentrate. It tends mm-hmm. to throw me off track. So it's got less of a place in my life. It's not. It's not something like do you. Do you listen to music at, at home for pleasure? Yeah. There's that's. That's the funny thing. There is virtually music always on at my house. Hmm. Always. So you don't, it's, it's not like you you don't you don't think right. I'm going to listen to this album. 
because it's come out. It's more a, ba- a background situation. A little bit of a background, a little bit of a, you know, I, I believe that music enhances a situation and an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's virtually music on at our house all the time. Like Sarah gets up in the morning, it's either CNN or music. <laughs> um, you know, like we, this is funny. Uh, I brush my son's teeth to Hey Jude. He he <laughs> in, literally in, in rhythm in sync. I wish uh, his mother sings the alphabet construction song at night, and in the morning we ask him what song he wants to listen to, and it's Hey Jude. <laughs> and you say, "Who's that by Beals?" <laughs> and then we brush his teeth. Is is there a band that you remember listening to that was like, you know? Um, a profound experience like uh, there's a lot of or, or did, have you seen a a, a a concert that that stuck with you and and because for me there's there, i can just think of hundreds of moments when i'm listening to music that, that just you know touches me in ways that you can't describe kind of thing it's a very to me it's such a passionate thing yeah that this is why i'm kind of fascinated by um by the fact that you, it doesn't seem like you've you've had that experience hmm. with music. It's interesting that you—that's your perception. I'm not saying it's far off. I'm not saying it's wrong. No, no, it, it, this isn't. Um, uh, I don't know. It's 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 difficult because you know it's not. Uh, it doesn't reflect your character in any way. Yeah, it's just a complete. It's it, to me, it's so. Uh, it's so foreign to me to think of music as not. And a completely essential, integral part of of yeah. one's life. I think, I think for me, the the album that was sort of that I go back to time and time and time again, and I could listen to it anywhere at any time um, is Yankee Hotel Foxtrot mm-hmm. by Wilco. And <laughs> it's a good choice, actually. But it's also very formative of like where I was in life. Like I was at the, I was the perfect age. Like it was like. I think I was a freshman in college when that came out. I just met a girl. We went into a listening party that night. Mm-hmm. It was just like, it was just that, that album, like I said, music, music enhances an experience. And for me, that album is all about experience and memory. Right. And what that, that moment was that I was living in. Um, I was a bartender for many years. So, right. you know, top 40 was on constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I sort of look at music in a little bit of a snobbish way, not myself, but that I can't, I don't feel right saying that I'm a music lover. Right, right. Because I don't have those like deep, deep, deep cuts. That's an interesting. And that's maybe why I, that might be how I, I don't talk about it as confidently, confidently as I do the eStories product. Because like most of my career was in publishing, right? Versus this is the first job that I've had that deals directly with music, so I think maybe I'm not as outwardly confident with that. Right, that that makes um, a lot of sense actually. Yeah, you know, um, so let's let's take a look at some some of the wait 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 wait. <laughs> okay. I know we're running long. Yeah, but if I'm throwing out, uh, you know the formative album of who i am i honestly um, have t- i i have so you got to pull something out so of the crate i have so many my so my a brief uh, where to start because i could this could go on for hours and hours and hours i will keep it brief my my music uh discovery journey was um i think my my, my mom was heavy into motown mm-hmm. and my dad Let's say heavy into. He's kind of like you, actually. He, you know, he, he likes few things, but he's he's not. Um, you wouldn't classify him as a music lover. Yeah. Um, my mom very much so loves music. Uh, she would play Motown, Diana Ross, and Six Days uh, Soul in the kitchen all the time. Um, the only uh, the only time she would kind of deviate from that would be Paul Simon, which still has a very a sort of. Uh, um soulful eclectic sound yeah. yeah sound to it um so i think i i, I developed a, a, a um i definitely tend, tended to w- less towards when my friends were kind of into the sort of 
uh, indie bands, the guitar-driven bands. I was very much on the other on the other side. I liked a lot of um, sort of funky stuff and um, early, you know, um, like when you t- the, the popular songs at the moment when you didn't know anything about music. The more interesting ones to me would be like the the dancey numbers, and the more um, like I wasn't heavy into Oasis and Blur. I was more into like there was I remember the Out Here Brothers and. Um, um, yeah, like the yeah, like the poppy dancey stuff. Yeah, and from that grew into like house music, electronic music, um, hip hop. I was and also a lot of ska. Ska punk was big at the time. Um, again, the the more rhythmic, the more rhythmic of the guitar music mm-hmm. genre. Uh, Do you ever listen to MXPX? No. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. Okay. But yeah, um, a lot of the, the 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 fat hippie records was a big one, which again t- kind of tend. I'm going way off on a, t- on a tangent. Goldfinger. Here. Goldfinger was big. Um, Real big fish. Mm-hmm. Less than Jake. The ska punk stuff when I was a teenager. Um, no FX was big. Rancid. Um, but at the same time, I always had this love of hip hop, and I don't know where it came from. I can't relate to that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, anyway. it was one of these things. I I used to you know I I would we were the first um, family to have like a CD like ripper you know a copy yeah. CD copy thing. So um, I would burn like just amass CDs from wherever like somebody would have one, and I would oh can I take it home and I shouldn't admit to it. I, might end I was going to say yes, yeah, <laughs> but I would rip uh, my favorite one at the time was uh, uh, Buster Rhymes. The extinction level event um yeah. got into all, all kinds of stuff i'm not not gonna be mace at the time was big um so you know it's funny like as you bring these artists up and or like specifically the buster rhymes album uh i'm not in my head i'm not sampling their music i'm right. looking at the album covers right <laughs> see and i know what the album covers see like. that, that perfect example so there's a different appreciation my, there. my my buster rhymes extinction level event album didn't have a cover it was i was gonna say it's a silver cd exactly silver cd with a cdrx on it yeah sharpie um so anyway long story short my interest in music has always been um predominantly hip-hop uh ska reggae um i the guitar bands um came later in life um you know into all kinds of stuff nowadays post rock and lots of stuff but i missed out on my key gap was were those bands that people listen to in their teenage years that sort of form their uh i'll try and think of a few few examples but th- i never i never listened to um to many rock groups at the time uh, you know Bruce Springsteen. I never listened. I mm-hmm. never listened to him. Mm-hmm. I've listened to a few things now, but you know, one of these Led Zeppelin. I never really listened to. And now I know them, but you know, what the, these bands that, that kind of push people into um, a certain um, style of music. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I missed out on. I didn't listen to Pink Floyd when I was See, that's young. Really, that's really strange because that's, that's way the music later that I grew up on. My like my mother loved the Beatles. Right. She instilled that in me from a very early age. Blackbird is one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, Hey Jude and the, the, the B side revolution number 10 is a gift that a girl gave me one year while traveling as a single. She sent it to me. Um, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Bruce Springsteen. That's the music that I grew up on. It just didn't, but it never went into the indie scene. Like right. that's that's right. that's that's, that's, that's where I'm not. I don't feel credible. Right. You know. You didn't develop because a lot of people do. They develop that that uh, understanding of rock and classic rock and uh, prog rock and psychedelic rock and the Doors, the Who, the this, the that, the zombies, <laughs> um, into a, a love for of you know rock music of the day whatever that mm-hmm. is you know yeah. whether it's the indie brit pop which would have been my um you know era or you know whatever was going on over here um anyway long story short there's huge gaps or at least um 
you know, now I, I feel like I listen to everything and like everything and have more of an understanding. And I'll, you know, I try and dip into these. I have this huge Spotify playlist of That's stuff good. that I some, some stuff that I need to listen to. You know, yeah. I didn't. Um, so yeah, so so looking at the 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 list of music biographies that we have, there's some, you know, big names, uh, Springsteen. Freddie Mercury, David Bowie, uh, one that I picked out, Joy Division, would be a really interesting. I know the story behind uh, uh, Ian Curtis, and I think that would be a really cool one to check out because their music is, you know, it's so um, visceral. I guess is the word. Um, Pink Floyd, um, Miles Davis, Lou Reed, Willie Nelson. There's a lot of lot of names out there. Um, Elvis Costello. Elvis Costello would be a good one. Hey, he, 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 he spreads far and wide. Don't get me started. He spreads way far and wide. Some other. Um, He's still banned from Saturday Night Live. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't he do something recently that was? No, let's not get into it. Um, in music memoirs, I noticed this quite, it makes sense that it's, an, it's quite an attractive proposition for an actor. So uh, to do the the, the narration. Oh, yeah. You get so to sort of pony up to someone you yeah. admire. So you've got Bob Dylan Chronicles, which is written by Bob Dylan, narrated by Sean Penn. Yeah. I can um, a Clapton biography narrated by Bill Nye. So it's a really good... Uh, by Bill Nye? Yeah. That interests me. Not the science guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bill Nye, the... Oh, okay. The I no- immediately the went science guy. guy. The Love Actually guy. <laughs> Damn. Bill Nye. All right, that would be just as good, but I immediately went to the science guy. Yeah, and you have um, a shared uh, biography narrated by Neil deGrasse Tyson. No, yeah, that was that was a joke. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> I thought I'd get you, and I think I did. <laughs> um, so, have you have you have you read any uh, music biographies? No, there's a. It's not even a biography. There's a book on my bookshelf. It's called. Uh, Beatles versus the Stones. Never read it. Okay, always wanted to. Never read it. So, I've, I've a few examples. I've read a few, a good few, but a few examples of books that gave me a, a, a newfound or or a new, uh, completely new understanding of a band. Um, there are three ones that I picked out that actually aren't audiobooks. Yeah. Um, Julian Cope. Uh, it's called Possessed, but he was a lead singer of the Teardrop Explodes, huge uh, music nerd, and uh, like a very eloquent speaker, writer, um, thinker. Um, his his book just um, it's it ca- it's more than a me- it's more than an autobiography. It captures a, a, the essence of a culture. I highly recommend that. It's not an audiobook, but again, it was one of those that kind of gave me an, uh, a newfound um, understanding of music. Frank Zappa, wow. Totally, you know, Frank Zappa I had in my in my mind as this sort of eccentric, um, you know, LSD freak mm-hmm. that, did, you know, did silly stuff. Yeah. Um, just because it was wild and out there. Totally, he's totally not that. He's sober. Ne- never done drugs in his life. He's a... I would not have believed that. I know, crazy. That I would not have. He, I could believe he sobered up and like kept it together. Yeah, would not have believed it. No, never, never wow, touched, never touched drugs. He was uh, an extremely talented um, composer, classically. Um, yeah, newfound understanding of his music. I now really enjoy his music from a musical perspective because okay. you know, don't eat the yellow snow. Ha ha ha. But behind it is just like these crazy in- instrumentation that I kind of would have skipped past yeah. had I not known the story. Motley Crue, The Dirt, it's the all-time classic. Still hate their music, have zero appreciation for it. Great book. Um, so, who have you chosen uh, to read about? All right, this was a bit of a tough one for me. You sort of sprung it on yeah, me this morning. I'm finding it infinitely amusing, by the way. Watching <laughs> just me. Just how you're squirming. Watching me, like, like, squirm. It's like, give, give Brian any other topic but music, and um, uh, he's good to go. But All right. I'm going to do Neil Young. Neil Young. Good choice. Yeah. I know, I believe he has an album, Harvest Moon. 
That's and correct. he's Canadian. And he's Canadian. That's that's the extent of it. Basically, I, I think you're in for a treat. Basically, he's, he is a huge, huge figure. I I know that. You know? I I truly understand his like, like his, position. His influence is so okay strong. So I'm doing special deluxe, uh, written by narr- written by Neil Young, narrated by Neil Young. That sounds really good. Um, I'm kind of jealous. But I'm, you know, I'm happy with my choice. They say, like, you know, with Neil Young, bands like Nirvana wouldn't exist. He's the. I can see that. He's a. He, yeah, you'll love it. You'll love it. And I'm. It, so you really, I mean, you must have heard a couple Neil Young things here and there. But could you name one song even, just out of interest? That's that's the thing is I think I'm aware of him. Like looking at our catalog of musicians and composers. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that I was attracted to, but like I know Bruce Springsteen, I'm very right, familiar with right. Elvis I think that's a good I choice. I love Elton John. Neil Young is someone that I know of, but I can't, I can't put a f- song in my head. Yeah, I, I think that's from per- him. I think honestly, I think that's like the perfect place to be, um, and I'm kind of excited that you get to listen to Neil Young for, for. What won't be the first time? I'm gu- I can guarantee you will oh, know. Won't be. You will know tons of stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah. All right. You're discovering cool. Neil Young. That's really exciting. Um, I'm going for uh, somebody that I, I I know a few songs for sure. Uh, Lou Reed. Um, Walk on the Wild Side. Um, some Velvet Underground stuff that I've that I know. Uh, you know that album. Uh, what's it called? The Banana One. I'm really bad at. Uh, is um, iconic, and I've listened yeah. to that album at some point in time. Um, By Banana One, you're referencing Andy Warhol. Correct. Andy Warhol's I, I, album I, I knew you'd know the the, the yeah. cover. That's Velvet Underground. But um, yeah, I can't say I know much about his story. I'm envisioning lots of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah, as always with these stories. So let's see. Um, I hope to come out of it with a new. Um, new view and some I, 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 my my hope is that i come out as like a big lou reed fan yeah we'll see okay um yeah i'm, I'm kind of excited for this um so r- to recap lou reed a life by i forget the name by anthony de curtis uh read by peter coleman and your book is super deluxe by neil young read by neil young and ironically, the reason why I know Harvest Moon is because it's a very simple album cover. <laughs> Type it's typographically based, and I own it on LP. I don't think I've ever listened to it. That's exciting. Okay, so moving on, new releases. What's coming out this uh, this week? I uh, got a couple to mention. Uh, picking up on our woman or girl theme. There's a few books that. Uh, everyone seems to be talking about uh the first one we are actually featuring uh quite prominently on the site it's called the wife between us um it's it's interesting because there's a lot of uh sort of buzz around it in the sense that it's um the best domestic uh the best domestic suspense novel best domestic Girl. suspense no. it's <laughs> um, a good one a jaw-dropping psych- psychological thriller um and it, the actual description is, when you read this book, you, you will make many assumptions. You will assume you're reading about a jealous ex-wife. You will assume she is obsessed with her replacement, a beautiful young woman who is about to marry the man they both love. You will assume you know the uh, anatomy of this tangled love triangle. Assume nothing. This sounds very behind her eyesies. Ish. Ish, yeah. It's, the interesting part here is it's written by two authors oh cool and from what i've heard i believe that they take on the narrative for the two characters and then sort of intertwine so cool i think it could be an interesting read and a very interesting listen uh to follow that up the book that i'm sort of excited about in the next physical read that i'm uh, planning on on undertaking is the woman in the window Uh, another another woman in another place there's one more coming too oh my goodness um for readers of Gillian Flynn and Tara French comes one of the decade's most anticipated debuts to be published in uh, 36 languages around the world and ready, uh, already in development is a major movie at Fox. 
a powerful uh, Hitchcockian thriller about an agrophobic woman who beca- who believes she witnessed a crime in a neighboring house. That's so sounds, rear window. That sounds right up my alley as well. Um, our last sort of fiction new release choice is ironically called Two Girls Down. Goodness me. This is this is a theme. It's this is a trend. Beginning of the year. real trend. Beginning of the year. As addictive, uh, cinematic, and binge-worthy a narrative as The Wire and The Killing, Two Girls Down introduces Louise Luna as a thriller, uh, thriller writer of immense talent and verve. When two young sisters disappear from a strip mall parking lot in a small Pennsylvania town, their devastated mother hires an egg an enigmatic bounty hunter, Alice Vega, to help find the girls. Again, so that uh, sounds that sounds great as well. Yeah, it's all three choices are sort of really interesting. Um, the next two are sort of personal highlights for me: uh, global global discontents by Noam Chomsky. Awesome. Um, it's a basically a compelling set of, of interviews uh, where Nam uh, identifies the dry kindling of, of the discon- of the discontent world that we live in. That could be a, a good s- listen, a good sobering, maybe uh, maybe uh, would might it would give us some uh, optimism. Yeah, I don't know. That actually could be a future theme, uh, sort of a book dealing with politics or political oh. science. That will go on for a long time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Five-hour special. <laughs> and the final book is uh, Vanishing New York, an on-flitching portrait of gentrification in the 21st century and a love letter to, to uh, lost New York uh, by the creator of the popular and incredibly and incredible blog Vanishing New York. That sounds really good. Yeah. Wow. Four... Five. Top, five top quality picks there, I think. Yeah, I think there's some real quality there. Um, from new releases, we'll jump right into fiction to film. Let's do it. It's a real simple one. It's a real simple fiction one this week. Fiction to film. Uh, we've got A Wrinkle in Time. Uh, it's by Madeline LeEngle. After learning that her uh, astrophysicist father is being held captive on a distant planet deep in the grip of a universe-spanning evil... Uh, Meg Murray works with her highly intelligent younger brother, Charles Wallace, her classmate, Calvin O'Keefe, and three astral travelers to save him. Um, the movie is going to be directed by uh, Ava DuVernay, uh, who directed Selma and the 13th for Netflix. She's so hot right now. Very hot. Uh, she's, it's starring Oprah Winfrey, Reese Witherspoon, uh, Mindy Kaling and Chris Pine and comes out March 9th. I know we're a little ahead of the game here, mm-hmm. but I think everyone's going to be talking about this. Yeah. Um, the trailer, I'm not overly enthused by yet. Um, Ava is a fantastic director, so I think she'll do something good with it. Um, but it's it's one that I'm interested in listening to beforehand. Mm-hmm. I think I would like to know the backstory we've seen before seeing the movie. So that's A Wrinkle in Time. Uh, it comes out March 9th. I would suggest picking it up and reading it now. Great. So that was episode seven. As always, please, please, please do you contact us. Easto, uh, pod- oh my goodness, I'm, I'm messing up. Podcast at eStories.com. That's podcast at eStories.com. Um, suggestions, criticisms, uh, questions. We will read them out. Um yeah thanks very much for listening um i've been matt robinson i'm brian fairbog see you next time